From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. What's happening, Pete? How you doing? How are you, Pat? Here's a characterization that we'll all love. A hate-filled speech by Giuliani. He lashes out at Black Lives Matter and the NYC school's chancellor. And look at the look at the photo they caught of Giuliani to go. <laughs> it's like the crypt keeper sat on a pin. Yes, you know? totally deranged. How Giuliani is not universally praised at this point, I don't understand. People think, oh my God, he's such a, he violated the rights of all these people. Hey, he saved a lot of lives. Former Mayor Rudolph uh, Giuliani painted a grim picture of New York City's future, attacking everyone from his successor, Bill de Blasio, to participants in the Black Lives Matter movement in a divisive and racially charged speech in Midtown Manhattan uh, today. Harkening back to when he first ran for mayor in the late 80s, uh, Giuliani said, crime was way out of control. You couldn't walk at night. We're going in that direction now if we're not already there. Can you believe the hateful thing he just said? Oh, my God. What, what kind well, of... He's not wrong. I know, of course. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's it's, dead right. There's no hate in it. It's just, it's just a fact. He's stating a fact, and it, it sucks out there. It, it's nasty and it's yeah, going ugh. in that direction at, at the very at the very least cast as a speech on restoring safety to a city reeling from a surge in violent crimes the event was light on policy and heavy on personal attacks what kind of fucking reporting is this it's quite clear the worst mayor in the history of new york city is the present mayor yes that's universally agreed upon by everybody from all sides of the everybody, spectrum everybody. everybody agrees that the blasio sucks nobody it likes him and, and nobody will, will say he's doing a good job. Uh, this is parroting recent remarks from, from President Trump, for whom he works as a personal attorney. So they connect him to Trump, of course, because he's not allowed to say these things. As the, as the ex-mayor in New York City, he doesn't have standing to have his own opinion on this. Of course, is he parroting it, or is he saying what every other person who knows anything about anything is saying? Eight million people in New York City are saying the same thing. Yeah. Right? It's, but then you have to remember... This is the Daily News. The Daily News is not fit to line a cat's litter box with because okay. a lot of the crap and a lot of the, you know, they should just rename it Pravda. I mean, really, just right. get it all for us. It's, it's complete propaganda. You listen to his ideas and his vicious attack on the police, Giuliani continued. People wonder why the police turned their back on him. It's because he ran his campaign attacking them, and I think that, that was the only platform of his campaign was attacking the police. Ah. Stop and frisk. Stop, and stop question and frisk. of frisk was that was it. That had already diminished from you know a, a rather high peak under uh, oh god under I, Bloomberg under Bloomberg, but the uh, Ray Kelly uh, down to it was it, it was it was already down to a lot less. They had already tapered that off, so he ended nothing. I mean, he he made it like. Uh, something that the, the people were bitter and angry about. You know, he made it an issue when it wasn't an issue anymore. If anybody ever takes a good, hard look at the de Blasio administration, the corruption would be mind-boggling. Oh, yeah. I've held to that since day one, since especially with Thrive NYC, or as I call Thieve NYC. There you go. That kind of money, like with the nonprofits, it's the miracle grow of political corruption. And take a look where that money went. Look what nonprofits it went to. Look who controls those nonprofits. A lot of these people have gotten slick over the last 10 years or so. A lot of your city council people, your state assembly, they no longer put the nonprofits in their names, but they have their lackeys or whatever. Nobody knows where this money goes, how it's spent, and that's going to be de Blasio's legacy. 
Mm-hmm. He was out there whining this morning about being nine billion in the hole. I'm like, hey, asshole, we were six billion in the hole before COVID hit. Just stop, just go away. And he's reducing tax base even as we speak. I mean, like, you're making it worse, dude. Everything that he's doing is driving business away, which drives money away from the city. And it's, uh, yeah, so let's let's be real. You know, you want this to happen. You want to leave the city in monumental debt and uh, take everything that you can. I mean, he. my understanding is he always is, uh, he considers everything to be within the letter of the law, and he has, you know, I guess attorneys who he said, look, set this up so that I get to do this, but, you know, make it legal, whatever you can to make it legal. And then that's like he did with the, when he when he closed his uh, campaign for One New York, you know, that. Uh, that was a total scam. That, that slush fund he had going. Total out. slush fund. Yeah. Now, I don't know how he got out of the thing where he was part of a, I guess, a bribery uh, situation where a guy who's a restaurateur got a a favorable decision on some lease or some shit like that and you know was a big contributor to his campaign he was he was convicted of bribery de blasio wasn't uh, even charged I, that's because the powers that be before that they took that last step and indicted de blasio that's where they said we're going to stop here um de blasio came within a hair and I firmly believe that was just strictly, that was, you know, with the Democrats, it's party before everything else. Yes. And at the end of the day, he might be a boob, but he's their boob. He's connected, yeah. And should he go down, a lot of people would go down with him, especially if it's a federal charge. Oh, if it's a federal charge, it's some a of the things different story. You, you can do some, believe it or not, for political crime, especially with money laundering and stuff like that, they're pretty easy cases to prove. And he would have went down hard, and I just don't see a lot of the people underneath him stepping up to take the hit for him. Uh, probably not. And I think there would have been people rolling over, and I think it would have ensnared a lot of people, uh, highly connected political types in New York City. Yeah. Well, that would be something else. That's what needs to happen. They need Oh, to- this place needs an enema yeah. from... Just really, just the hose needs to go in and just flush these turds out. A high colonic, yeah, exactly. High colonic, yeah, because so corrupt, and they have this way of like, well, okay, I'm going to get the nomination, but then I'm going to uh, put somebody else in the place of that because I accept a judgeship, or you know, they have a way of like sort of, you know, promoting people along who who are politically weak, but then they they wind up in positions that they uh, you yeah, know, they can because, do incredible damage. Yes, when they're left unchecked, <laughs> they have, and they have friends. So the ex mayor uh, Giuliani went on to cast uh, De Blasio as disloyal to the U.S., which he is, noting his nurse postgraduate days volunteering in Nicaragua, and uh, he made a nasty a, ma- a nasty jab at schools chancellor Richard Carranza. Who, boy, there's no one more deserving of a nasty jab than Richard Carranza, saying he belongs in Cuba. Um, It has nothing to do with his ethnicity. And then it says, he was born in Arizona and has Mexican heritage. He belongs in Cuba because he's a communist, you see. That's what he's trying to say. It has nothing to do with him being, it's not a nasty jab. It's just saying, look, you know, go where they do this kind of thing. You know, he wants to get rid of the tests to get into the, uh, the premier high schools here, the, the high, the high level high schools like like Stuyvesant High. He wants to, uh, you know, I, I guess just like the only academic excellence you can find in New York City. You know, not the only, but I mean, there's the well, they, what they did that. was they, they changed the rules for I think the eight 
of the top tier high schools. Stuyvesant was one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bronx High School of uh, uh, Brooklyn, Science. Brooklyn Tech or something Brooklyn like that. Brooklyn Tech. And, um, it, you know, all of a sudden they changed the rules. But I think at the time, and it really was a slight at Asian people. Oh, yeah, um, totally. You know, the, these kids are like just tremendous, remarkable students. They yeah. really are. But that wasn't good enough for them. No. They said, no, we can't have this. We can't let our brightest kids succeed. So, yeah, Karan's yeah. is a dirtbag. He's a dirtbag, and he's he's going to just do stuff. You know, he's going to just do it. He's, he's He doesn't need anybody's, uh, you know, ultimately that was his goal was to, was to ruin academic excellence here, and uh, and in the name of diversity, I guess, uh, which is they've they've done everything they can in those places to in those schools to support diversity, but you know it has to be in the same numbers as the population. Now that's that's where everybody gets all fucked up on this. They're this much of the population, some group, yet so therefore they deserve to be this much, and no more and no less, and and I you it, it just. That's just not a uh, practical way of doing a society at all. No, you're not promoting your best. You know, we have to look at what we're dealing with here. And Carranza, and in particular, de Blasio, you know, he's just a Marxist in a suit. That's all he is. He'll tell you that even. I think he's a sociopath. He's completely without empathy or feelings for fellow human beings. When he tries to put it on, it's a vulgar display. It is. It is. But you look at one of the things they also targeted was the charter schools. Yes. Charter schools worked. Every parent that had their kids in the charter schools were happy with them. It was a good learning environment. The test scores were better. They're better They're better in every way. Well, it was also free of a lot of the constraints having to deal with the teachers' union. Exactly. They're which, non-union. That's why, they're, that's why the Democrats are so hardcore against it. Exactly. Exactly. And um, not a big fan of the teachers' union. And... Um, I can understand it can be a tough job, but by the same token, you know, you're taking away schools that work and you're replacing them with, well, I shouldn't say replacing, schools have always been there, but schools that have failed miserably for decades. Failing schools, yeah, and and the practices there are failing, and... You know, look. When you have teachers who are, I, I know it's a difficult job and everything. But when you're sit, when you're sitting in a rubber room for years and years, you're doing absolutely nothing, uh, and, and you're getting paid your full salary. That's a union that has gone out of control, and and the and coddling of them has gone out of control. They know that uh, they have a lot of political pull, and they use it. Boy, do they use it! And I never understood. What the justification was? What? What? what we, you, know, you need some sort of smokescreen to say, like, well, we don't like charter schools because of this. They can't just go, well, we have some a union with a lot of political pull that you know doesn't like this. Because the charter schools were operating outside of the, I guess, the scope of and control of the teachers' union. Right. So they saw that you know it was a threat. It had nothing to do with the quality of education for the no, kids. It had no. to do with their their grip on power, which the teachers' union does not care about. About no. the quality of the education, you know, they 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 care about the quality of life for their teachers. I and think the, the individual teachers, uh, probably a good chunk of them, of course, care about you know the quality of education that the kids are receiving. But when you get into union politics, that's it's number two on the list. It's not number one, that's for sure. Yeah, I but I, I had one. What I don't even remember what when Bla, when De Blasio would say, "Well, we're against charter schools because I think they would try to say they were racist or something." 
are segregated or you know that he's like well they just take they they the reason their scores are so high is because they just take the cream of the crop best students it's like okay <laughs> well what do you, but you got to remember what the, what's the problem you got to remember <laughs> what, the, what the whole premise of with marxism and bolsheviks and communist when everybody is brought down to the same miserable level of life then they've succeeded. That's yes. the whole goal of it. Bring everybody down. It really so is. We, every one of us is fucking miserable. It's not about lifting up. They claim it's a, oh, we'll lift people up. No, you're not. You're bringing down. You are taking people who are succeeding and forcing them into a position of failure that, that is not earned by them. You're, you're taking peop- nice neighborhoods and you're taking them down to the level of some of your shittier neighborhoods. That's the idea of success. Yes. We did it. Everybody's equal. <laughs> like I said, de Blasio is a sociopath. Is, is just something wrong with this. He's not stupid. That's a tough one. Uh, yeah. You know what? Because there's a method to his schemes and his plots and he's just a, 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 a conniving, nasty, you know... And we laugh, you know, it's no joke. This no. guy was in Nicaragua. He yeah. was working, helping that regime. That was back in his days when he was a Sandalista. And, <laughs> you know, it's it's unfortunate he didn't run into a couple of Contras. Uh, maybe it would have changed his outlook on life. Yeah, get hit by but, a patron. Uh, but that's where this guy's coming from. He went to Cuba with the wife, you know, to celebrate their honeymoon. Yeah. Uh, they love the sound of drums in the streets and fireworks at night. Yeah. You look at Cuba. When I grew up in Queens in the, in the 60s when I was going to school, there was a lot of Cuban kids. All of them had fled with their families, had fled from Cuba within two or three years before, the, you know, now they're in the United States. So my indoctrination with Cuban communists started like when I was six or seven years old. And these kids were still actually scared to talk about it. That's how fearful they were of the communist. And also because some of their relatives were still trapped there. Castro, you, you, you look at this guy. What what did he achieve down there? You know, you, you turned to, I mean, was the political system there? Was it corrupt beforehand? Yeah, I don't doubt that it was. Was the answer? But it was corrupt. They were making so much money. Well, everybody casinos. was making money. The, the wise guys hotels. were making money. The huge multinationals were making money. The Corleones were about to make a lot of money. Hyman Roth was about to make a lot of money. Hyman Roth, have some cake. Uh-huh. Enjoy. <laughs> so, enjoy. <laughs> but what what did they what did it turn into? You know, it, it, the place is an armpit. I'm sorry. People are terrified. And I think that that has a lot to do with the reason they want a lot of immigration is because when people come from places like that and they're terrified already to talk back, you know, to the to the communists, you know, they want to keep they, 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 they consider that to be somebody who is closer to the point they want them to be than your average American you citizen. Know, I'll be honest with you. I think one day I think we will see a revolution in Cuba. I wouldn't mind seeing Raul Castro dragged out with his head on a pike. Why not, though? Yeah. Um, you're the horrible people. Yeah, yeah. The people running it. Communists are terrible people. They're cancer. They're they're the cancer of the globe. And and the socialist cancer of the globe. They, but yet we have the communist in a Brooks Brothers suit in City Hall. Yeah. And nobody blinks about it. Nobody. It just doesn't seem to be that big a deal. No. People don't think the mayor is a big fucking deal. No, it's a big fucking deal. It's a big deal. 10% of the United States economy 
the GDP is produced in New York City. You still think so? Not anymore. No. This As of 2020. Is, this is one of the cylinders in the engine of the American economy. And this buffoon, I, I mean, he's just intent. And I think that's also part of the larger reason. Bringing down America. Bring down the whole economic system. Um, but it's not going to affect him. I mean, he's a guy that's always going to have his nice home, his nice suits. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, not, nothing bad is going to happen to him. There's nothing bad that can happen to him. He's got his uh, lesbian wife, and, uh, you know, it, it, that's got to be... They I've, they never seem close to me for some reason. I don't want to, like, speculate on their marital situation, but it, that, that seems like one of those uh, Hillary Bill kind of marriages to me. And, you know, this is a guy who has no... no uh, problem with hiding behind his wife when he's being booed by a black crowd or something. He 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 really does lack the sack <laughs> for the job. Uh, this is, uh, now, as I said, disloyalty to the United States and his nasty jab. Now he starts talking about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter equals cop killers, he raved. You go, you get to a Black Lives Matter rally, the thing that you can be uh, certainly sure they're going to do they're going to say hateful things about white people. They're going to say horrible things about America. Now, I think that's true. I don't. To me, that doesn't seem like a hateful thing to say. That seems absolutely true. At a BLM rally, you will hear white people saying hateful things about white people and uh, hateful things about America and cops. So that's just that's just a fact. Now it says though, he says the one thing they will consistently say is kill cops. He added, alluding to incidents of anti-police rhetoric during recent months of largely peaceful protests. Yeah, that phrase I, has become such a joke. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's just such a joke. CNN will be enshrined in our memories forever with the fiery but peaceful protest Chiron as the mm -hmm. city is burning <laughs> in the background. Mostly peaceful. Yeah. Mostly peaceful. There's very little fire, but we did. It's we wanted the shot, right? You know, we the shot was important, so we made. They got sure a great the fire shot. That's yeah. really just the, nice the irony scene. of saying, you know, like oh my yeah, god, as look, Kenosha look is, at all this peace here. That's why we're here reporting is because as, as of this Kenosha peace. Is burning to the ground. <laughs> Two billion dollars they estimate so far. Oh my god! In damages from the riots this summer. Kenosha is a bigger town than we would have thought, I guess, huh? Well, they, they they're saying nationwide right now. The oh, damages, nationwide, got it. Two which billion. I think it's probably more than that. Uh -huh. Got to be, got to be. I mean, I, I'd like to know what the insurance all added up to the insurance payments. I would like to know you what know, it was I, just for New York City. We'll never know. I'm I, they very little of that is being attributed to BLM. I'm sure you know. Here's here's a way that De Blasio is making this all okay. He keeps referring to this historic moment, this historic moment, this historic moment. That's a scary fucking thing coming out of his mouth. And it's uh, it, it's it's not only that it's obnoxious. He's calling it a, a historic moment, like it's a Martin Luther King moment. Now Martin Luther King, those were historic moments. Yeah. No ifs, ands, or buts. Sure. Painting Black Lives Matter in front of Trump Towers mm -hmm. illegally. Illegally, that was not a historic moment. That was a a moment in douchebaggery because all it did was just inflame people from different sides. And it was. It, 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 it was petty, you know. If Very, you, it was it was petty but powerful. Well, it's even more powerful that people consistently have been going back over there and throwing paint on this thing in a city like Manhattan. They have this position, even if they don't fully agree with that whole deal, they would still never dream of fucking with it, you know, because like and, and don't like it and don't like people who do. No, but this is but where we get involved with people that are not paying attention to the details, which is one of my favorite phrases. 
pay attention to the details. Yeah. Take a look at the history of the people that run BLM. Sure. These people are Marxist. They are. They make no bones about it. No, they used to. They don't anymore. Are there people legitimately upset over police brutality and different incidents? Yeah, they were upset. I get it. Mm -hmm. I completely get it. But when you look at the stuff that they spout, especially when you look at the actual statistics um, <laughs> with the police shootings. I mean, come on. This is one of the best cities in the world for that, New York. Is. Police department, the NYPD is one of the most restrained police departments in the nation. Yeah. But when you look at the facts, when you look at the background of who these people are, this has turned into a gigantic shakedown of different corporations because uh -huh. people are afraid of being branded racist. Yeah. Um, with a few notable exceptions. There's a few people that have stood up. And Red Bull. Uh, but, that's about it. But here you have these people where it's a money-making operation. It's now become a business unto itself, but people are scared to say anything. Yeah. The racial grievance industry is huge. It's a moneymaker. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's yeah. It's a, it's a, well, it's a tried and true plan. You know, the mafia. You know, as a, it did the same shit, right? I mean, it's like look, not much we, different. We want money. Uh, you know what'll happen if you if we you don't, don't pay it, up, and that's it. Bloomberg paid, my understanding, Sharpton the whole time he was in office. He paid well, him. Wouldn't a, surprise me. He just paid his paid him, and you know, he, there were not a lot. Of these beefs were, uh, you know, not so common. Uh, it wasn't a big issue. He didn't take a lot of shit. And then, you know, Bloomberg just turned his whole, just pissed all over his legacy by apologizing for saving 10,000 lives. I'll tell you what one thing Bloomberg did do is that the Bloomberg Foundation was dumping, I believe, ballpark around somewhere between 40 to $60 million a year into nonprofits owned by city council members. So, wow. so that's now I, all of a yeah. sudden... The third he's, term. He's, well, <laughs> that's one thing. He got the third term. But, bang, he's gone. Okay, there goes the money. So what do you get? You get this broke dick from Park Slope, de Blasio. And what grows out of that a few years later? Thrive NYC. And I, I, I can't say it enough. You know, that I think that this is the root of all evil in New York City with, with, with the political corruption. You want a guy in office who doesn't need your fucking money, you know. Bloomberg didn't need anybody's money. He greased people instead. I mean, he, Bloomberg's the amount of money. Bloomberg's got, Jesus Christ, it's like fucking it's 50, 60-something billion dollars. I think at the time he was mayor, it was around $27 billion uh, towards the end of him being mayor. But this is where we also get into trouble when a guy like Bloomberg can flip the city council, uh -oh. and now he has a third term. That's, yeah. We have issues when a guy like George Soros can pour hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, it was a brilliant move on his part. Yeah, yeah. Dumped it into all these local races for uh, district attorneys. Mm -hmm. So what do you have now? You got these buffoons like out on the West Coast. They won't prosecute they anybody. They won't prosecute anybody. No, no Antifa, no nothing. He found people that would not put Antifa in jail, uh, people who would not put BLM in jail, people who would charge, you know, people like those uh, that couple with their guns out in their yard in, in uh, St. Look Louis at, or look whatever. Look at the number of arsonists that are getting arrested on the West Coast that are getting cut loose. Arson. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, it's the uh, most serious of crimes. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Just a, basically an indiscriminate firebombing of a community. And they're releasing these people. It's insane. Yeah, yeah, and that's all, all due to that money. Like but you then said. you look at a place like Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. The other night, they 
grab, I don't know, 10 or 12 of these people that were rioting and carrying on. And the judge says, okay, million dollars bail each. Guess what happened the next night? End of riots. These people are still in jail. The families are whining, oh, it's severe. They never did anything before. Well, all right, uh, maybe it's just me, but you really just shouldn't be planning an insurrection against the United States because that's what a lot of this is coming down to. And they hammered these people. It, a little pushback goes a long way. Riots ended in Lancaster the next night. Well, when they found out that they were going to be prosecuted to the fullest extent federally if they knock over any federal statues. Yeah, there's no, no more statues getting turned over it, after it that. Also, you know? It also goes back to, you know, there are hills that you fight and die for. The situation in Lancaster, the lunatic running out of the house with a gigantic knife trying to stab a cop, really doesn't fit that criteria. That situation went from zero to 60 in about three seconds to where... To a surviving edged weapons moment? Yes, the famous <laughs> video. And there wasn't much he could do at that point. Yeah. Except back up, and if this guy's not stopping, and he was actually a lot closer within the the 21 feet rule. Uh-huh. Uh, for those listeners that don't know, you can cover 21 feet at a run in a second and a half, and you will also have enough momentum to drive that knife through a cop's vest. Yes. It's 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 real. It's real. A knife it's real. is a real threat. It doesn't matter knife versus gun. This is always, you know, uh, it, it, there's a lot more going on. I, I understand that the man might have had uh, issues, psychiatric issues, whatever. Well, okay, but that's something we discuss later. When you're running at me full steam with a 12 or 14-inch knife, mm-hmm. well, it's, you know, it's going to end badly. Or a two-inch knife, you know, I mean, for that matter. Or running at me with nothing. I mean, you don't even need a weapon if you're running at a cop, in my opinion. Well, in that case, you're going to fight. You're really going to fight. Yeah, sure. Good, they might have the knife tucked away someplace. I mean, well, I, 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 would, I would, you know, a lot of people die... But yes, we see people getting, a, a cops getting beaten up now, attacked in the streets by people. And it's not even that big of a fucking deal somehow. To me, attacking a cop used to be a kind of a thing. Well, yeah, you generally, like I said, when I started, that was in 1981, um, it just it never went well. And, you know, you knew who was going to lose, and yeah. that was the end of it. And nobody got upset about it. Look at the video that was released yesterday from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mm, brutal. It was one of the most brutal videos I've seen in a long time. The two police officers trying to take the guy out of a car, mm. and the guy's fighting with them. And it brings up a point that, to me, and I, I've said this before, cops have become very hesitant to use force. Mm-hmm. When force is needed, they rely on uh, less than lethal devices. Mm-hmm. I hate being the guy who says, well, back in my day. Well, back in my day, you would have got clubbed. As soon as you started fighting, you would have caught a radio, a nightstick, a fist. Uh, mag light? A, a mag light. Mag light was always get your attention. And the fight ends. And you're seeing cops now get into these prolonged wrestling matches with people. Yeah. And I say this to people that a minute in that situation is a lifetime. Even for a guy that's in good shape, that is an incredibly long time. I've been winded just thinking about it. I've been in a few of those over the years. I've been in situations where three or four of us were fighting with people, one guy, and we were exhausted by the time it was over. Even those Rodney King guys, man, they had to be swinging those clubs. They had to be 
beat at the end of that. <laughs> well, I'm sure they were worn out, but it, you know, I, last night I was watching a uh, special on the Los Angeles riots, how yeah. the whole thing germinated, and I, L.A. had a different mindset with dealing with people than the NYPD did, and which is really kind of surprising. Yeah, but back in the day, that was a tough police department. Mm-hmm. You had to be no, I know, physically yeah. a tough person just to get into that department. Mm. Uh, it was a very small department for a huge area. Um, only about 5,000 cops back at that time. Wow. that's We have 30,000 here. Yeah. You know, in New York City, you get on the radio and say you need backup. Within 30 seconds, it's... The cavalry is there. You're on your own in L.A., huh? You're on your own. And watching the video, I understand their thought process back at the time was, we're going to hit you until you comply. Put okay. your hands behind your back. I got no problem with that. No problem with that. Well, the problem lies is that you're dealing with Rodney King, who was amped up on God knows whatever. He was PCP a garbage and head. And he whatever, was, yeah. He's not going to listen. And usually in those situations, the difference was with the NYPD, we piled on. We got right on top of you. Right. Just, and yeah, make them not move. We didn't stand there and wait for you to comply with us. Right. And so you, you have this situation. It looked absolutely horrible. Just for me, I probably would have maybe done it a little bit differently. Yeah. But that's even my at, training. Even at the end of the high-speed chase, you know, when they were amped up over that, I'm sure, and pissed off. I mean, it had been... In the, Evidently, this was not a, an easy arrest to effect. No, the no, video no. Looks terrible, I get it. But fuck Rodney King, and, and he's not worth a whole city burning down for. And, not at all. And, and neither is George Floyd worth any of the uh, uh, of the shit that's going on here now. But uh, but usually, uh, just for me, I, I always found that the pile on method worked. You know, get it over as quick as you can. Right, just get on top of him, and that's and call it a day. No reason for protracted wrestling matches, and, and, some, and, and you know what? That would have oh, none of this shit would have happened. No, but but they've planted the seed now, especially with the media. That it's okay to resist arrest. It's okay to hit a cop. No, it's not. No, it isn't. And and also, you know, you have a situation where they, the details you mentioned, right? They're not looking at details. They're just like, no, I see video of a guy getting hit. The end. You know, I'm going to draw my. Don't try to bullshit me here. But, you know, you look at the, in the details of it, you know, if you look at all of them, it might still not be exactly the right thing to do. It might not be the best method for, for a right, but you kind of get it, and you don't feel as if, like, okay, uh, th- this is just a straight-up beating of a guy for no reason. And I think that was what, you know, when they got acquitted and the riots, you know, New York went up, or rather L.A. went up in flames, you know, uh, and, and they start dragging, you know, the, your guy. That was absolutely, Reginald Denny. Reginald you know. Denny. That was absolutely horrendous. It was they, horrendous. It's funny, we forget. We didn't have the the total inundation like you do with social media now. You had to wait until the 6 o'clock news was on to see Reginald Denny get pummeled. And you only saw it a couple of times. Didn't see it as much as the Rodney no. King thing that that they did inundate us with. But now with the advent of our smartphones and all our social media, you can sit there and watch it all day long. And you'll, in some cases, especially recently with some of the protests and the rioting and stuff, um, I watch it in real time uh, on Twitter with some of the yeah, citizen the live streams, citizen 
journalists that are out there. It, Thank God. The only journalists that exist, basically. It's funny. If you look at the footage that comes out from Andy Nyo and uh, there's a few others out there, they're always in the mix of things. And you look at their coverage and then switch to, I don't care what channel, whether it's Fox, MSNBC, mm -hmm. it's nowhere even as close or as comprehensive as to what the citizen journalists are doing. Right. They're on the street level doing it for real. And you know what? If you take it back to, uh, and thank God that they're doing it too, because without them, I mean, like you have Colin Flaherty who actually reports stuff that happens, and, and he has a particular thing that he reports on. He reports it accurately and tells you what's actually happening in the country on his uh, podcast. I think and, Julio, Julio Rosas is another one. Uh -huh. uh, now, taking it back to Tulsa, though, you know, if, if they were if they did feel empowered to use sufficient force, it's beneficial to that guy, too, to that driver, because he was able to get his gun and shoot these guys. One cop murdered, one shot, and now he's facing murder charges. He would have been facing uh, having an out-of-date tag and drunk driving. Now, Well, let's put it this way. If they would have smacked him upside the head with a mag light, exactly. it would have been a couple of stitches, and everybody would have went home that month, that night. Right. So it's better all around. Absolutely. Even for that guy. He, he would have been better off getting the mag light in the head than, than being charged with murder. The phones, the surveillance, it's a pervasive feature of our lives today. Use of force is never pretty. It's never been pretty since the first caveman bonked another caveman over the head with his club. Well, all people right? are in such denial about this, but yeah, it happens. It's never been pretty. It's never pretty when a police officer is using force on someone. And for some people, it's unsettling. And But it's a reality. It's a fact of life. People are going to do bad things, and they need to be stopped. And you look at, since the last 10, 15 years, so now all this stuff is on video, and people are like, ooh, oh, my Lord, that's horrible. Yeah. Well, I, I'm kind of like, well, no, I've been dealing with this now uh, how many decades? Yeah. That's reality. Yeah. There are some bad people out there. You guys have been seeing it all fight. along. Yeah. So I'm not shocked by it. You understand the necessity of it, for Christ's sake. That's why they have guns. Exactly. And, but people get shocked. They're offended. They're upset. Well, well, they get fake shocked and fake offended, too. That's These are the ones that are a, 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 an enormous pain in the dick, in my opinion, are the ones who... They don't even have the strength of any convictions at all. They have zero convictions. They go with the flow. Yeah, but you have this, you know, people, the video was awful. It looks terrible. Okay, but to which I say, if you look at the Eric Garner case, who's standing out there, a big dude, and telling the cops, no, you ain't locking me up today. This was a guy that, on a good day, waking up in the morning, was hazardous to his health. That's how poor his health was. Uh -huh. Yet had one of those cops just maybe just walked up and cracked him a shot. The video, people would be like, oh, my God, they hit this man. Pretty good shot. That guy would be alive today. Yeah. As opposed to getting into a protracted wrestling match, which was not only a danger to him, it's a danger to the cops involved. And a danger to the entire fucking city, as it turns well, out. People you know? are trying to legitimize that it's okay to fight with the cops. No. Guy, if you want to argue this out, argue it out in court. Sure. Okay? The handcuffs are going on. You're going in. Actually, I think for what he was being charged with, that would have been a desk appearance ticket. Well, he was on probation or parole or something at the moment, too. He had 30 prior arrests and stuff going back to when he was like 
I don't know, fucking ten or something. No, right? it doesn't make him a bad guy. It doesn't make him a, no. Who knows? It doesn't make him a bad guy. And, and, and these are arrests, not convictions. He had been convicted of stuff, but he was also. I think that this arrest might have put him back in jail. Whatever, you know what I mean? Better than being dead. Yeah. Thanks for supporting New York City Crime Report on Patreon.com. It's, it's Patreon.com slash Pat Dixon NYC. Mayor de Blasio, this is the last thing he he announced uh, that today that he and City Hall staffers are going to take unpaid week-long furloughs over the next several months to address the fiscal crisis the city is facing. Wow, that is so responsible. Uh, this The move, it's going to reduce the mayor's office staff salaries by about $860,000. Whoa. There's a drop in the bucket for That's you. good. We're only $8,999 million in the hole still. You better fire that fucking staff. It's funny that this is the city hall staff. What about Shirlane McRae's fucking $2 million staff? Why don't you get rid of them? I look at it this way. He could take a month furlough. If we didn't have to see him or hear him and just go away, quality of life would probably start to improve immediately in New York City. Yeah, if he took the rest of his uh, of his term off, we would see marked improvement. Just leave, all right? We don't, we don't even want to fight with you anymore. Just go away. Just, Just go back to Nicaragua. Uh, go to Cuba. <laughs> I don't... Go with Carranza to Cuba, go, like Giuliani said. Go to Venezuela. I don't give a fuck where you go. Just go Away. I just uh, got a haircut for the first time in four months, uh, however long it's been since just February. Man, it feels great. And when I went in, I started talking to these guys. And, you know, I never had talked politics with these guys before. I know all of them. I see them around. Oh, they were all saying the same thing. Because he's like, because I had been in there before saying, well, I'm not going to wear a mask and left, you know. or it, And I it wasn't out of hostility to them or anything like that. I was like, no, I just can't. But maybe and I was going to have a guy even come over and do it. And he was going to do it. But I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm, I just need to get this taken care of, and that's a hassle. So I went over there. Fine. I said, you can give me a mask, fine. But I don't believe in it. It's not real. I got, I got that. Increase the peace, brother. I said, that's important. That's an important thing. When I told him that, he goes, oh, you don't. Uh, and then so it turns out, yeah, he's right there with me. He knows that they're just destroying businesses. And I talked to these guys, made some new. I mean, I knew them before. And now they're fucking actually they're friends. I, you, know? I, you know, when I go into the barbershop, I stay away from political. Yeah, uh, of course. Pretty much anywhere I go these days, I stay away from any kind of because you just not gonna, here, my friend. You're going to get into a fight. You go to church and you're going to wind up getting into a fight. Yeah, it's not. It doesn't have to be a part of every aspect of life. No, it doesn't. But I just the last time I got my hair cut a few weeks ago, and two weeks ago, and I mean, this guy just launched right into this unprompted anti De Blasio screed and. <laughs> And That's this not. particular guy had never cut my hair before. Uh-uh. The time I was in there before that, the I went in and sat down, and the guy who regularly cuts my hair he came over. How you been? And in the other chair, the barber and the customer were carrying on bitching about the Blasio. This is like universal. Yeah, this guy sucks. Yeah, it's true. It's like it's it's that is not even a political stance anymore. It's not. It's just like we don't like this. It's the only guy. unifying point for all New Yorkers. Yeah, and that and that was certainly reflected in the voter turnout this past election too. <laughs> Pete, it's an honor to have you here. Glad your to stories, be back. Your insights and your experience. Thank and, you, uh, and thank you for listening to New York City Crime.